the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan. Let's go the distance by keeping our distance. Nissan, innovation that excites. Well, as always on a Tuesday, uh, we round off the programme by going on the couch. We alternate between uh, medical and mental health issues. uh, And today we're going to talk about pregnancy during the COVID crisis. In other words, how has it affected your scan, your antenatal care, the delivery of the baby and all the testing issues and so on uh, for the early infant life. It's a great pleasure to welcome uh, to the programme Fiona Hanrahan, the Director of Midwifery and Nursing at the Rotunda Hospital, of course, one of the largest maternity units in the country, and Laura Flynn, who uh, has just delivered, congratulations, six-week-old son, James. Uh, it's it's not your first, Laura. No, it's my third. Ah, so you're a veteran at this now. How did it go? It went very well. It did. It went very well. He's doing great. And uh, no sleep? No, absolutely no sleep. Right. And are you feeding <laughs> James yourself? I am feeding James myself. Right. And yeah. how old are the other ones? My eldest son is three and a half and my daughter is one and a half. Ah, so we're here. very busy. Ah, here. Now, do you know what's causing the problem? <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Too much time at home. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. All right. Well, we'll we'll come back to your, your case history and what it was like in relation to all the restrictions, both in hospital and uh, as an outpatient. But uh, Fiona, first of all, maybe you could tell us some of the preparations uh, that took place at the start of the lockdown, because we'd we'd heard from many of the acute uh, hospital services how there was a clear delineation, a division between a COVID and a non-COVID route to care, insofar as that there would be no crossover, no contamination. What was the plan originally? Yeah, sure. Hi, good afternoon, uh, Ivan, and hi, Laura. Congratulations on your your baby. Um, So the first thing to say, I suppose, is that the Rotunda Hospital, the buildings are 263 years old. So these buildings have withstood world wars and the flu of 1918. So we've, we've been around this block a little bit. And in fact, we had some, I suppose, pre-preparation because I don't know whether you remember during the Zika virus and the Ebola crisis that we've always had a kind of, a, I suppose, a consideration that there could be any uh, pandemic coming our way. Um, so we started our preparation for this in February this year, actually. We had our first planning meeting in the hospital on the 18th of February um, given our unique situation as the busiest maternity hospital in the country and also the fact that we're a demand-led service, we can't you know, close down and say, OK, we're not taking any, any women in here to have their babies. Um, so our first planning meeting was first, before the first case in Ireland. Um, so I think we were a little bit ahead of ourselves in that way, which was great because it gave us a bit more time to consider what we needed to do. So what we looked at, um, Ivan, was a, a sort of number of pathways um, because you'd have some women that would come to you who you knew had been diagnosed with COVID. You'd have some women that would come to you with symptoms but had had no testing done, but s- symptoms that would suggest they had COVID. And then we'd have some women coming to us where they'd been in contact with a confirmed case and been advised to self-isolate, but they still have a pregnancy to look after. So we kind of used a... Um, and then patients who've no contact, no symptoms, family well, all well. So we kind of had like a traffic light system for, for, for women coming in here where we put them on a pathway, and that's where we manage their care that way. Um, 
we did um, decide to sort of set up a hospital within the hospital. So we we, we found an area in the hospital and um, we we um, did some renovations on the area to make it uh, suitable for uh, women coming in in labour, where we could care for them safely in labour. So we took a, a room in one of the oldest parts of the buildings and put in gases and all the bits and pieces to um, make it safe to look after women in labour there. And we had sort of a dedicated, if you want to say, a COVID zone. Um, the main issue for women who are COVID positive or symptomatic is they have to be in a single room and isolated. And of course, there's only a limited number of single rooms in any hospital. So we had to identify single rooms where you had ensuite facilities as well, because obviously women have to have an ensuite when they're in a single room. Then we looked at the care for the patients as well, coming in here to make sure that they would be safe and that the babies would be safe. And we also looked at the care requirements for staff, because obviously in a building like this, social distancing is very challenging because our corridors are old. You know, if you were building a hospital now, you'd have massive wide corridors with huge big rooms, and that is not the case um, when this hospital was built in 1757. So. And, and, and what about, that's for the inpatient and the delivery. Yeah. But as you know, there are various different stages through the sure. trimesters and scans, and you go to meet your outpatient appointment for your consultant, and you get your checkups before you get to the delivery stage. Like we've heard, you know, routinely, oncology, cardiac and all sorts of elective treatments that there's been kind of a wholesale yes. uh, ab- ab- abandonment's a bit strong but cancellation yes. of, of appointments. How Was it business as usual for that or were there virtual consultations or how did you do yeah, that? Yeah, a bit of both. I mean, obviously, you know, women who are pregnant can't put a hold on the pregnancy so and antenatal care is absolutely vitally important. So one of our first things to do was to reassure women that they had to have their care and to come to us for their appointments. But actually, we've made some changes in a very short time frame that we will keep when this crisis passes because we've realized that you can do... You know, I don't know whether you remember when you had your own children, mm-hmm. there's a thing called a booking visit, which is your first visit with the midwife and doctor and scan and blood tests. Yeah. So a woman comes in around maybe 10, 12 weeks and has her first visit. Generally in a hospital, that takes a number of hours as you wait to see each professional along the way. So what we're doing now is women who are coming for the booking visit are having a phone consultation first, or we're using actually it's kind of um, Zoom or Microsoft meetings, those kind of technology ones. So we're saying to the women, look, we're going to call you, make sure you can, you're somewhere you can talk to us privately, and we literally go through their whole history over the phone. Um, and then when they come in, the midwife who's met, who spoke to them on the phone will meet them, um, just confirm the details, blood test, scan, out. So we have taken what would have taken traditionally maybe one and a half to two hours and paired it right down to maybe 15 minutes in the hospital. And that's been, that's been revolutionary here. It's made a huge difference. <clears throat> and also what we've done, antenatal visits can't be done obviously remotely because you've got to palpate the baby to make sure the baby is growing. Um, but we have put a lot of our services, like our diabetic services, our self-monitoring at home. So women with diabetes, we've given them glucose monitors and they're reporting their bloods into us. And women with hypertensive diseases that are not related to the pregnancy as such, so ongoing hypertension problems, we're giving them monitors and they're monitoring at home and ringing us in. So I think the women would say they feel very safe in our care here. Our waiting rooms are fairly empty. We, ha- we try and keep the waiting rooms sort of where there's distance between patients sitting there and we try and not have people waiting long to be seen. We did have to curtail and cancel a lot of our gynae services and that's the biggest hit that we've taken here. But last week we started reintroducing gynae services again so we, we sort of ramped up our, um, our midwifery and obstetric services and sort of cancelled a lot of gynae, but now we're, we're solely reintroducing gynae. So I think we're in a good right. place, and I hope the patients have felt very safe. Okay. We, also have a, we also have very busy um, outline clinics in nine um, health centres around the city, so we provide antenatal care local to where the women live, so in Swords, 
Blanchestown, Coolock. We've, we've nine clinics running. So that's been really successful as well. OK, well, that was the plan. That was the protocol. Uh, yeah. And that was supposed, uh, how it was supposed to work. Um, so, Laura, Flynn, you had your baby, James, in the rotunda. How was it for you? Um, hi, Ivan, and, and uh, thanks for having me. Um, yes, I had him in the rotunda on the 4th um, of April. And uh, I suppose my real experience kind of begins on the run up to my due date, because before that I was taking part in um, a community midwife scheme. So a lot of my checkups would have been done in my local health centre. So I wasn't in the rotunda. And um, my my scans and stuff that you spoke of were kind of pre pre-COVID. So um, the real excitement kind of started close to my due date, which would have been the 29th of March. And um, I had to attend a clinic, you know, a regular, a regular clinic in the rotunda. And I had a cough. I developed kind of a little bit of a head cold. So um, I phoned in and, and I said, you know, I have this cough, I have a head cold and what should I do? So I was advised not to attend and to get a COVID test done, which I, I did. Um, so my clinic that I had been supposed to attend was uh, postponed. So when I did attend in for that clinic, eventually, uh, the new traffic light system uh, that Fiona mentioned there had come into practice. So I was um, in the Amber Clinic, I believe it was called. And I think that was the main difference that I really, really noticed from having been in the hospital with previous babies was that when I arrived you know, you're greeted at the door, you're asked all these questions and, you know, clean your hands and all the rest. And um, I was given a mask to wear. And when I went in to, uh, to attend the clinic, there was absolutely nobody else there, which anybody who's been in the rotunda will tell you is strange, un- it, which is completely strange and completely unusual. Yeah. So it was literally absolutely nobody else there. Um, so it was just myself. Uh, I went into a room and I waited and I was met with my uh, consultant for my checkup and who was fully gowned up and uh, full PPE on. But other Sorry, than that, had you the, got the result of your COVID test at this stage? No, I hadn't. No. How long were you waiting for that? I was waiting for just to two, two full weeks. I had to wait. Right, that wasn't really helpful insofar as, not only for yourself, Laura, but for the people treating you, they didn't, they had to presume you had it. Absolutely. And I mean, you you can really feel for the staff because yeah. the, the Laura, PP situation Laura, is... How, how many weeks, how long before your baby was born did that happen? Because things have changed so rapidly. Would that, would that have been in March at some stage, do you think? It was, yeah, yeah. that was the end of March. So, yeah, cause yeah. We, what we were doing now is, we're, because of the delay in getting results back, we started now providing testing for all the women that are pregnant in our catchment area. I suppose nobody knew what the impact would be, and especially for pregnant women. So initially, women in pregnancy were going through the HSE testing, but um, probably around, I can't remember what day, at the end of March, we said, look, it would have been we... that. It was the same week, yeah, in fact, so, Fiona, absolutely. Yeah, that we started, yeah, we turned on testing here for anyone who was pregnant and um, had symptoms because we could turn the results around in less than 24 hours. So I'm sorry, you probably were just outside the window of that starting, I would think. Yes, okay, I had well, just well, been so tested then, when you when you when you when you felt uh, the the labor pains and the waters broke just tell us about the delivery Laura. Um well I was still treated as if I potentially had covid-19 because I hadn't received my results. So I 
um, had been well prepped on what to do. I had to phone into the hospital, just let them know I was coming and they'd be ready to receive me. So they were, you know, kind of waiting for me at the front door and I came in um, <clears throat> by myself. And ev- so everybody who dealt with me from that stage on was in full PPE. So I was um, checked in and I was taken up to the delivery suite and, you know, delivery suites are extremely warm places. So you really, really start to feel for the midwives and they're in full PPE gear and the heat is shocking. Um, But other than that, they really just tried to carry on as normal, you know. Well, I take it for your two previous babies that your husband or partner was with you, the uh, the father. He wasn't allowed in. That was a big change. He wasn't allowed in. So um, because I, I had had nearly two weeks from when I had been tested, there was a little bit of a grey area that my two weeks kind of were up and that my partner might be allowed in. Um, So after I was admitted, he was kind of waiting outside to sort of get the final word of whether he would or wouldn't be allowed in. Um, So the decision was made anyway that he wasn't allowed in, um, which of course was a shame, but really under the circumstances, you have to just, you know, persevere. and And, And was the delivery straightforward? It was straightforward, but of course, as you're saying, it was very unusual because the midwives were all wearing PPE. And when it came to the the, the final part of the delivery of the baby, I also had to wear a mask, which is not ideal under the circumstances. That mm. could well be different now. So, so um, you went through the entire delivery not knowing if you were a confirmed case of COVID or not? Absolutely. And I actually got the text to say it was negative the following morning. Right. Like, like Fiona, you know, throughout this whole situation and saga, you know, like, I I mean, we're told now it's two days, three days. I know, you know, people in Enniscorthy were testing the hospital 10 days ago and they still haven't been told the result. I mean, like there's a, I find all over the place, there's a hell of a difference between what we're told is the story on testing and people's personal narratives and stories. And I think that's why we took the testing um, internally here, that any woman who's pregnant now, booked in the Rotunda who has symptoms should ring us and then we'll get them tested the following day the test is done in our lab and we get the results back because it's to our benefit to know as well so we get them back within 12 hours yeah I think I think I mean the HSC I mean this situation has happened so quickly and everything has changed very quickly so even even since Laura had her baby things have changed here so for example at the moment if we have a woman coming in to have her baby who is COVID positive we're trying to look now if we can have the partner there even for the end of the labour or, you know, it's that piece of protecting mm. your staff. And c- can no, I ask no you, one, no Fiona? No separate families. You know, it's a terrible thing to have to happen that, to that is, you know, yeah, really that, is. that is desperate. But I mean, the question I, I want to ask you is because, you know, when we see the daily figures and we even hear the clusters, you know, we have had cases of people who did not have COVID or certainly no symptoms or confirmation of COVID and then developed it in hospital. And my question to you is, can you say across the maternity service nationally whether there's been any positive COVID expectant mothers, COVID babies or anything, or whether this has all been a theoretical uh, situation? Well, certainly I can only speak for the Rotunda Hospital. Um, We have had no babies that have contracted covid um, which is really good news, as you can imagine, when we have babies born here, or you know, up to 25 to 30 babies a day here. Um, I think we've had women who have been confirmed community COVID positive. Um, it's really re- reassuring at the moment. The numbers are very low. 
Um, but that's with the big restrictions. We'll see the changes coming now as they lift the restrictions. So we're now planning for the next three, four, six, eight, twelve weeks as to what it might look like. You're trying to model up the numbers. So if we have, you know, it's more, it's the same as kind of the ICU thing. When the curve is flattened, we can look after one woman at a time coming in with COVID or two, <clears throat> but bring that to four, and that's where you're looking at the, the, the challenges here with our space. Um, I mean, if we had one woman a day coming in COVID positive, there's no reason a partner couldn't be with her. But we were modelling on six, eight, ten. We had no idea what we were dealing with. That was the real challenge of this. And the other big challenge, Ivan, with this, um, this condition is that there isn't one symptom that everybody has. So not every woman gets a high temperature. Not every patient gets a sore throat. Some people just get myalgia. So you can't even write down the symptoms and say, aha, you tick off, you have it, you know. So there's a lot of presumption that anybody who presents with anything respiratory is likely this COVID, particularly this time of year. And um, we're coming out of the seasonal flu, flu area. So now, you know, anyone coming in with a cough, cold, whatever, it's likely to be COVID. But we just don't know. So the important thing is to turn around testing quickly. What we're also doing here, um, and this again is only in the last couple of weeks, if a woman presents in labour that we didn't know about with symptoms, we can do this called gene expert test and get the result back within two hours. So that's changed the whole face of, the, of our management here, that if a woman comes in in labour with symptoms like Laura would have had, she can be tested now on the arrival in the hospital and get the result back in two hours. And that means you change her care, her partner can come in and put her back on the green pathway again. OK, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Laura, particularly is the anxiety factor. I yeah. mean, it's it's an anxious time having a baby uh, and all the rest of it. Less so maybe an experienced mother like yourself, but it is a stressful time for everybody. So no partners in added stress. You had acute stress in terms of just not knowing whether you had COVID, COVID whether your baby would have COVID, whether there was transmission and, and, and your own health concerns and so on. So even if you're the worried well, shall we say, it is an anxious time. What would you say to mothers, expectant mothers, who are maybe going to go into this process in the next few weeks and months? What advice would you give them in terms of coping with that natural anxiety level? Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. And it's, you know, it's a really good point to make. I think there's two things that I can reassure women to say is that the impact of COVID on, on pregnant women seems to be not that severe. You know, we haven't had particularly very sick women coming in. So it is like to us, like a flu season. The only problem is it's, it's a very virulent flu. So a lot of people can get it. Um, the babies have not been affected. And in fact, what's, what's really interesting is that because no one's having visitors at home, there's nobody going visiting babies. The babies at home, I don't know whether this has been Laura's experience, are thriving because they're getting so much attention from the parents because there's no aunties, uncles, cousins coming in to see them. So our community leaders are reporting that the babies are doing really well at home. And I think, I suppose, to reassure the women that the staff here are now used to this situation. This is all so new in February, mm. March. You can imagine. But now when I go up on the wards, the staff are comfortable wearing the PPE. They're, you know, finding different ways of communication with women. It's very difficult because you can't okay. spend long in rooms. So I think to say it is safe to come and have your baby. Don't miss any appointments. You're far more at risk for missing your appointments. Okay. And you'll be treated really well when you L- L- Laura, here. Laura, what, what would you say to expectant mums? I think um, that I would agree. It is a very anxious time, especially I think if you were a first time mother, I think you might really be wondering, you know, if you're going to go in and have your baby, are there going to be people dressed up like astronauts, you know, trying to deliver your baby? Is it going Mm. to be a really sterile situation? And it really isn't. And I think the main thing that you can do is you've picked your maternity hospital and that's where you're going to have your baby. And I think you need to place your trust in these people. Everybody is absolutely doing their best to make sure that you're safe and that your baby's safe. 
and you need to just put the COVID as much as you can to the back of your mind and focus on why you're there. You know, you're there to meet your new baby, you know, as as happily and as safely as you can. And you need to just put that at the forefront of your mind and kind of focus on the task at hand. And, and um, you know, if you are going in and you're a positive COVID case, it is going to be a bit different. You know, you will be a room on your own. You won't have that much contact with, with the midwives. They'll be trying to minimise how much they're coming in and out of your room. So it might be a little bit more lonely. But at the end of the day, you're going to be there with your new baby and you'll be home in no time. And um, I think you just have to kind of make make the best of the situation and just try not to worry about it too much. You know, they they really have a great system in the Rotunda and they're they're all ready and they're all prepared. So to just try not to worry about it. All right. Uh, fascinating first-hand story of having a baby in this COVID uh, uh, lockdown period. My sincere thanks to and congratulations to mum of three, mother of James, uh, Laura Flynn. And before that, Fiona Hanron, de- Director of Midwife and Nursing. Uh, both of them uh, talking about the experience in the Rotunda Hospital. If you want... The Hard Shoulder on News Talk with Nissan. Together, let's play our part by staying apart. Nissan, innovation that excites.